Welcome in to On the Clock NFL Draft Show, episode number five. This is brought to you by Real Ones Productions, and this is part of the Toilets and Titles Network. Happy Thursday evening, everyone, and a nod to our guest this evening, Oliver. Happy Friday morning. If that's uh, if wherever you live, it's already it's already the next day. So to wherever you are, whatever day it is, I hope you're having a good one. Today we are talking mid-round steals, right? So we're talking for the part, anybody after like halfway through the second round, probably through like the sixth, somebody we think that they're going to get picked in that area, likely, unless the combine increases their draft stock, right? Which is, is possible. It's part of the process. It's a ridiculous part of the process that it does increase some guys' draft stock so much, but it does happen and it happens every single year. But we are talking about those players. Anybody in that range who we think is going to land somewhere and they're going to be an absolute steal. They're going to come in. They're going to produce, whether it's on special teams, whether it's starting an offense, starting a defense, whatever. They're going to produce to their team. I'm going to introduce my co-host this evening before I introduce the guests. And I'm, I'm at Coach Shep on the Twitter, so you can follow me there. At Toilets and Titles is our Twitter handle, at the CFB Nation, Nat Real Ones Productions. And I am joined once again. By the mayor of college football himself, Mr. Nino Brown at Nino Brown underscore T2T. Nino, what's happening? What's good? Uh, I'm excited. I got the Mr. Vibes it's here. My buddy Oliver's in the building. We're talking steals. I'm excited to get after it. Yeah. I, I, hell yeah. And I, I'm pretty fired up so as well. So so the governor of college football, KT, he couldn't join us this evening. That's at Leverett underscore KT on the Twitter. So my co-host, my current co-host on Toilets to Titles, Moon the Vibes himself, at FF underscore Moon Vibes, was able to join us. He's going to help with the production this evening. Moon was cooking. Uh, it's a beautiful time and when I get a chance to see your pretty face, Coach. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. I love it. Hey, we've been seeing your face on the uh, on the CFB Nation YouTube channel. So we have two. So all of our college yeah. football content on the Toilets to Titles podcast network is on the CFB Nation. Everything from there up is on the Toilets to Titles YouTube channel. But you've been doing a college, a little bit of a road to glory. Charles Woodson, Michigan. Why don't you talk about that? Because we've been seeing your pretty face pop up pretty frequently doing that. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, to all the college football fans that's out there, you know that the best player in the nation every single year gets awarded the Heisman Trophy Award. And uh, we wanted to pay homage to that. And um, you know, put together a series as you see the CFB Nation intro all the all the time. It kind of constantly runs. You see Desmond Howard. I know KC has inspiration from Desmond Howard. He's the reason why he fell in love with college football. And we wanted to you know bring real life meets fantasy. Uh, 
you know, a mixture of reality. We talked about it a little bit off air between like the video games that we like to play. Shout out to the college football revamp team for uh, putting out basically NCAA football 23 for us. So, you know, that's what we're using to recreate uh, Desmond Howard's 1991 season for the Michigan Wolverines. That's my task. Can I break the records? Can I, you know, go down in history and recreate Desmond Howard's season and try to win the Heisman? That's the goal right now. The Michigan faithful have been like right behind me. <laughs> so go blue. <laughs> and um, yeah, you've been seeing my pretty faces. You can check it out on CFB Nation on YouTube. That's DCFB Nation on YouTube. You'll pretty much see KT, Nino, myself. And the rest of the beautiful fellas. All right. And I see D now. D now is in the comments. What's up, my guy? I cleaned up. I'm going to Florida. I'm leaving next Wednesday. We're going to Disney for a day. Oh, coach, coach is ready. We're going to Universal. So it's going to be 90 when I get there. So I had to clean up the face because I want to get some sun. Because every now and then, I like. I, I might even cut the hair. I've been talking about it. Uh, I, I might I might just go naked up top and, and clean up and start the regrowth process. So uh, I just wanted – I want to be – Nice and clean when the sun hits my face. So that's that's hey, that's coach. The goal. Did you see the comment? It said, "When are we gonna do another mock draft?" Oh man! Well, hey. That being said, we are we're working on it. Uh, so on the clock, we're gonna do some bonus episodes. I wouldn't say bonus episodes, just some additional episodes. As of now, we go live every Thursday, eight thirty p.m. We are gonna start doing some extra episodes, probably after the combine. Once we have all the combine results. We're going to start doing – I think we're either going to do a full mock draft or we're kind of contemplating doing like five picks per and bringing on a bunch of guests. So we're going to do like five ra- five picks in like a 10-minute span, then release the next five, then release the next five to kind of make it fun. And we can keep changing faces so you don't have to just hear us make our picks. But that being said, we did just complete a two-round mock draft. It's going to be on toiletstitles.com, and we're going to be recording a little bit, like a 10, 15-minute episode, breaking down some of the picks that stood out to us. So it is mock draft season. We're going to be doing a lot of mock drafts. And then me and Moon, Tuesday night, Nino's going to be there as well. We're going to be doing a rookie, a dynasty rookie mock draft two rounds. So it's mock draft season. So trust me, we're going to be mocking for you. Now, I've, I've made this man, speaking of beautiful men, right, beautiful faces, I've made this man sit and wait. All right, it's early in the morning. He's up for us. He's brave in the cold out there. And it's Oliver Hodgkinson. All right. And he is, I have his Twitter handle. It's at OJ Hodgkinson. It's it's spelled out exactly how it sounds. Hodgkinson. All right. So you can find him on the Twitter. If you if you follow us, it's likely you already follow this guy. So he knows his stuff. He's a college football analyst for College Football Network. He's an NFL draft analyst for Pro Football Network. He's one-third of the College Chaps, the UK's go-to college football podcast, and he's a contributor for the Touchdown NFL. That's a lot. That's a mouthful. This guy's got a lot going on. What's up, Oliver? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm coming to you live from the future. It's Friday already here. Uh, I'm looking forward to chopping up some NFL draft chat with you, to be honest. I'm excited. Been been on with Nino before. Nice to meet you two guys. Looking forward to it. Excellent. So what is Oliver, what are you working on right now? So what kind of content are you putting on? You have any series, any episodes, any articles, like what's, what's going on in your creative spectrum at the moment? Oh, you wouldn't believe it, but I've just literally just before I came on to you guys, I was finishing off writing a top 10 running back rankings for the XFL season, which was quite an adventure. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but just a lot of um, a lot of mock draft work on the NFL draft side. A lot of we, so we launched College Football Network um, at the end of December. Lots of stuff going on there from looking ahead to the 2023 college football schedule. Lots of things. Um 
that you'd expect to find on a college football website. History of mascots, things, coach contracts. There's there's all manners of stuff going off over there that we're we're very excited to to be putting together as we build towards obviously spring training. Um, spring practices begin less than a month's time. So the college football season really kicks into gear then. And then obviously, you know, the combine's coming up. Just finished Senior Bowl and Shrine Bowl content for Pro Football Network. There's, there's a lot going on, man. There's a lot going on. Hell yeah. I love it. All right. So you, you, you've done your research on the mascots. Who is the <laughs> number one mascot? Power rankings. Give, give me the number one mascot, of the college football mascot oh, in your man. power rankings. The ducky, right? That's... Don't it? Don't sway with the guess. Let him. Let him. Let him guess. Hey, I, I'm Is a Boston Albert? College fan, so it'd be rude of me to say anything other than Baldwin, uh, the Boston College mascot at number one. Then, to be fair, it doesn't really matter after that. No, you don't. You don't see me down there, but I, I, I'm talking about the, the Gator man. Uh, he's he's one of my favorites, but it's no no coincidence that you've been on a show with Nino already, and you're a Boston College fan. So I now I know why you guys linked up. Because Nino's up there in the, in the Boston area. All right, excellent. So we, we're going to be talking mid-round steals today. All right, we're basically, Oliver, we're going to give you the floor. We're going to talk about your prospects. You've been diving in. You're, you're, you're talking, you've been looking into the Senior Bowl, the Shrine Bowl. You've been studying these fellas for a long time. So I can't wait to hear who you think are the players that, are, that can't miss. But I do want to let everybody know, however you're listening to us, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Podbean, we're on Par- uh, Spotify, we're on all that that good stuff. You can find us there. Throw us a five-star Apple review if you want to get into our Frank and Sank Listener League. Make sure to DM it to me on the Twitter, at Coach Sheps. It's a lot of fun. Oliver, if, you, if you're in a fantasy, man, I got I got a league for you, and we like to bring on a lot of analysts and friends of the show, so we can talk after the show if you're interested. It is, it, it's pretty out there. Um, also, if you want to support the show, patreon.com backslash titles. I'm not even going to talk about all the tiers. we got tons of extra content we do. If you want to support the show, we just did the Senior Bowl. We're going to try to go to the Combine. We're going to try to get to the NFL Draft. There's tons of things we want to do so we can bring you live content from places like that. My Cody Mock interview just dropped yesterday. We talked to JL Skinner. Uh, we talked to Riley Moss, me and Moon. So we're, we're, we're trying to get you content directly from the source. And uh, by supporting the show, that gives us a better opportunity to do that. And then finally, we have a chat on Gilded where we have a draft channel. We have uh, just a, a main kind of we just – BS about fantasy topics, and we also have the Frankenstein. So if you reach out to us to get into our Gilded chat, which is free, uh, you'll automatically get a spot into Frankenstein because we're adding 32 teams next year. Right now we're at 60. We're going up to – I'm sorry, we're adding 36, so we're going up to 96. So enough with the all the announcements. Now the floor is yours, Oliver. We want to hear let, – let's read off some of these mid-round steals, my man. Let's start with a guy that I know you're high on, Coach, and that is Jaden Reed, the wide receiver out of Michigan State. We're talking about a kid who is coming off his first career 1,000-yard season, guy with 18 career touchdowns and 14.1 yards per catch for his career. A guy that, for me, I was high on him in the last draft cycle. He decided to return to Michigan State, and he had that outstanding season. He's a kid that I think is still being massively slept on and i think the reason he's being slept on is you look at the measurables he's 510 and three quarters he's 191 pounds just over 30 inch arms he doesn't scream nfl physical wide receiver and um, you look at what he does bring very clearly to the field as a as a college football wide receiver and has done throughout his michigan state career the speed the agility the change of direction the ability to create separation how he creates separation with his release packages. He's a crisp route runner as well. 
and he adds that yard after catch ability. He's a, a threat as a returner as well. I think when you look at the projection to the NFL, a lot of people see Jaden Reed as a gimmicky returner, but what you don't see is the things that he does as well as, for me, some of the top wide receivers in this class in terms of at the catch point, what he does as a as a blocker, you you know people see the the five ten, they see the one ninety one pounds, they ignore what he does as a physical contributor as a wide receiver, and I think that's why Jaden Reed is a guy who's probably not going to be drafted anywhere near where he should be, um, and for me that's what makes him the ultimate steal. Now, this concerns in his game. That's you know why he's not being talked about amongst the very elite wide receivers in this class, and there is it's a good wide receiver group. Um, you look at the tape; there's some middle of the field drops which you can attribute to to his size. Um, really, I think that's the only thing you can attribute them to is he's shown as a boundary receiver that he's got ball tracking abilities, shown he can be physical at the catch point. So it's not a, a, a case of concentration drops. It's not a case of he's not physical enough to play over the middle of the field. Um, so I think that's that's the only real concern for me when you look at Jaden Reed's tape, but I think that's what's knocking him at the moment. And for me, I think someone, some NFL team is going to get a steal, even maybe if, might be early on day three, might be sort of that, that sort of round four, five, six range. You're going to get a guy that for me, I think should go at least on, the, the later parts of day two. Uh, so Jaden Reed for me, I think is in a, in a good wide receiver class. I think he's a, a kid who's massively being slept on. Yeah. I think if Reed had came out last year, like you'd mentioned, his numbers were huge. Michigan state was much better last year. He, he probably would be a player who goes at the end of the second round this year. I think you're going to see him fall to, like you mentioned, possibly in the fourth, because the role he plays, there's a lot of guys that do that in this draft cycle, you know, there's tons of guys who can play from the slot and who are, you know, good after the catch. One of my concerns with Jaden Reed is just, you know, on his routes, he loses speed, you know, when, when, when he breaks, when he breaks on his in-breaking routes and, and his comebacks. And I think that also leads to some of his drops because he's not creating as much separation when he's dropping his hips and, he, and he's trying to break and he's trying to cut so that he's getting to the ball before the defender gets there. He's usually getting to the ball right as the defender is getting to him, and that's causing those drops. But now on the positive side, he was a three-star recruit, went to Western Michigan, balled out, got an opportunity to come to Michigan State, balled out. So he's risen to the to the playing field and above the playing field each step of the way. And from his track record, I expect that to continue to happen. You know, you can get better and more crisp on route running. He's not he's not a burner burner, but he's got very, you know, he's fast enough and he's got very good field vision and he's very good at seeing the open lanes and taking them and getting into them. You know, like he he anticipates like a, like a returner. Like he's like a return specialist, but you you see a lot of return specialists who can only return He's a return specialist who also has receiving chops, and he'll embarrass you if if you're you're not like on your game when you're playing against him. So that's my I, I like him, man. I so I had Jaden Reed as one of my mid round steals as well. So I, I I put in some extra names in there when I saw you put. So we're not double dipping, but I'm uh, I like it. Did anybody else? Moon or Nino? Do you have anything to say uh, about Jaden Reed before uh, Oliver moves on to his next player? 
You can go first, and you know. Nah, I'm good, Ken Moon. Um, what we saw at the Senior Bowl, I know what I saw at the Senior Bowl was just a player that had this quiet confidence about him and how he moved. I I also saw that his hands has gotten better. I, I love the way that he finishes routes and he finishes through contact, not just like, you know, after the catch, but like fighting on the route. I think being able to stack DBs, especially in a bigger receiving, a bigger DB class that was at the senior bowl was impressive to me. It was days, can't think it was like the last day of practice where I'm looking at him and I'm like, he's more than just a special teams uh, specialist, as you call him. He, he's, he's a wide receiver. His releases is the thing that I'm like paying closer attention to. Um, I want to see him at the combine too for the official, you know, the official side and, and the measurables. But from what he graded out at the senior bowl measurables, it's like it's like Hodge said, you know, he doesn't have like the NFL, you know, super alpha, but when you can carry that inner confidence that he has to finish and play make, be able his hands are better than than what I expected at the senior bowl. And that got better every day. So I'm I'm a big fan of Jaden Reed. I know KT couldn't be with us, but he would be sitting here talking to you for an hour about Jaden Reed. All right, excellent, excellent. I see the next guy you have is on the defensive side of the ball. So let, let, go ahead, bring him up. Yes, sir. So uh, Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback out of Mississippi State, and it's, it seems ludicrous to call a guy who holds the NCAA record for pick sixes to be called a, a sleeper, but... For me, I think Emmanuel Forbes is a slam dunk first round pick and not a lot of people are projecting him in that range right now. And and, and some people as late as um as late round two, early round three, which for me I, I find is incredulous. And it's not just the statistics, when the statistics are impressive, you know, 14 interceptions over his um, Mississippi State career, six pick sixes, that NCAA record, 20 pass breaks up, uh, pass breakups, 150 tackles in three seasons, which for a, a kid who a lot of people think isn't physical enough to be a top level NFL cornerback, mm-hmm. is like the, the proof is in the pudding. And it's not just the proof isn't in the statistical pudding, it's in the tape pudding as well. You turn on the tape, Emmanuel Forbes listed six foot one eighty. I think he plays bigger than that. I think he plays more physical than that. Mm. He's long as well. You know, you see what he can do at the catch point. You see what he can do in overcoming press coverage with his length. Then you see the athleticism that he brings. This is a kid who has got a forty-four inch high school recorded vertical. When you think that the highest, that the biggest vertical jump at the two thousand and twenty-two NFL Combine was forty-two inches by Tariq Woolen, Emmanuel Forbes forty-four inch recorded vert. He's going to blow the roof off a door at Indianapolis, and that again that translates to the field. When you watch Emmanuel Forbes play, when you watch him elevate at the catch point. That vertical athleticism, that vertical explosion, it's there for Emmanuel Forbes. And then he's got the speed. He's got the quickness. He's got the fluidity. He's got a good understanding of route concepts. This is a kid who used to be a, a high school wide receiver. And you see it again on the field. You see it with his ball tracking. You see it with that that ability to jump routes because he understands where the receiver's going. He understands the mission. And He's physical. He's physical for his size. And that's, you know, physical at the catch point. It's physical in run support. 
this is a kid for me who, yeah, I know we're dealing with a great cornerback class. There's a lot of really good cornerbacks at the top. He's up there. Gonzalez. He, he's up there. Exactly right. He's mm-hmm. up there. You know, you know, Devin Witherspoon, yes. you know, Christian Gonzalez, Joey Porter Jr., Kelly Ringo. You go on and on and on. Emmanuel Forbes, for me, belongs in that group. And he hasn't been talked about in that group. And for me, that makes him the ultimate sleeper. And if you're oh, a team, if you're that. a team at the end of the first round who needs a corner, you're you're grateful that he's not being talked about in that group because that's just yes. increasing okay. the odds that he's going to yeah. be there. Ray, that yeah. the buzz is, just keeps quiet right yeah. before the combine hits. Yeah, it's you. It's so yeah. much time after the combine before the draft. Yeah, but yeah. I pray. Like this, I agree with you all the way, Mr. Oliver. Yeah. This kid is one of ten children. So, of course, he's going to be competitive. He's competitive. Three-sport athlete, baseball, basketball, football. He's been a starter for Mississippi State's defense since his freshman year. Like, he's not only developed into one of the best intercepting cornerbacks in the season, but he's just ultra-competitive. He battles receivers at the catch point. He shows that consistently on film. He can disrupt the timing between the quarterback and the receiver. He, he offers scheme versatility and the covers versatility too if you have him as a defensive coordinator you're licking your chops because it's like you can you can do so many things with a player like that he's kind of like a queen on the chessboard like you can move him around because he can tackle like mr oliver said like it's not like you can put him out there on the island and think that he's not gonna you know not gonna you know get busy and show that you know he can he can handle his own out there when you look at like the witherspoons of this class the joey porters um how would you grade him as far as like his 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 impact at the at the point of attack, like uh, up there against Witherspoon, Mr. Oliver? I mean, De- Devin Witherspoon is a physical force, is one, something right? is something different, man. Like you, you just <laughs> watch it, watching watching Illinois this season. Like there isn't a game where you watch Illinois and you're like, damn. Like Devin Witherspoon, he's going to smack you in the mouth, and then he ain't going to even apologize for it. Um, so I, I think Witherspoon is uh, Witherspoon's probably the most physical and aggressive cornerback in this class. And Joey Porter Jr. is up there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch him fly around for Penn State, but again, like Emmanuel Forbes, no one talks about him in that same like that same conversation, that same life. They look at the you know the kid is six one one eighty. He looks you know he looks pretty lanky. But he's when slim and you, slender, though. That build, yeah, it can be, be caused havoc for it. some of these more physical and bigger NFL wide receivers. Think the AJ Browns of the world mm-hmm. and like those, especially if you can be a freelancer in coverage. Like I know it can hurt him because he, like, when he plays in press alignment, I don't know if you've seen it on tape, but you see it on press alignment. He can be over aggressive sometimes, and then that can lead to him like messing with his hands. Being you you could tone you could tone that down. Yeah, you know you that, you can work that he's he's still a kid. You know, like he mm-hmm. he's a young man, and when you bring him into the NFL, you can a, a coach can hone him into his role. It's as the coach's job. You find what he's good at, and you try to what like you you try to build upon his strengths, and then you try to kind of chip off his weaknesses and the way when I look at Emmanuel Forbes, it just he screams Seattle. But Seattle, they just have hit they they know exactly what they want. They love those those guys who have high spark scores. He has a high spark score. Like you look at that vertical leap like you mentioned, tremendous. Like he 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 screams Seattle, but they have just hit they they found what they like 
and they've nailed it. Like they've absolutely nailed it. They don't even need another corner. Every corner on their depth chart can play on that roster. So, you know, but their corners play well. So if, if these other GMs in the NFL, what they should be doing is they should be finding what the formula is to be playing corner in Seattle and trying to duplicate that. And this guy, he's he'd be their CB1. They love to have him out there, you know, like they they love to have him out there. Let's keep rolling. Let's keep rolling. Who's your next defensive player we got there? So next we've got Ivan Pace Jr., the linebacker out of Cincinnati. I absolutely love Ivan Pace. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and the senior bowl was huge for Ivan Pace Jr. I don't think people realize he looked like a bad dude. Like he looked, he looked the part, man. Like even playing in the game because so many players, 38 to be exact, I think it was like a lot of them that missed the game. So for him to even finish the week and go through and play the game and have that impressive lead, I think he led the team in tackles too. So, what are your thoughts on him, Oliver? So, I mean, you, you look at a kid who is, I mean, the senior bowl measurements, 5'10 and, uh, and just over 5'10, so 5'10 and 2'8. Um, Dexter 231 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> he's, you know, not super long. He's not super, he's not got a super long wingspan. But this is a kid, he just plays bigger than that size. And you, you've seen a guy like um, Malcolm Rod- Rodriguez. Uh, the Detroit Lions this last season, a kid who no one was talking about but even being drafted because he was just a small dude. That doesn't matter if you play bigger than that size. And that's what Ivan Pace Jr. does. He's ferocious. He's energetic, quick and explosive downhill. Like He lives in the backfield. You, you're looking at a kid who 20 and a half tackles for loss this last year, nine sacks for Cincinnati. You know he, That's the role that he played for Miami of Ohio this season before as well. Just closing speed physicality, going to come down and hit you in the mouth. You know, he's going to give you all sorts of manner of issues as an offensive lineman, even if he's five foot ten. And I think the thing that he showed at the Senior Bowl, um, which I think if you watch his tape, both from Cincinnati and when he was at Miami, the thing he showed at the Senior Bowl is he can play coverage linebacker as well. And I know that was a big point of emphasis for him. I heard him talk about it in some interviews. Like, There'd been a lot of people saying, oh, Ivan Pace is just a come downhill, hit you in the mouth kind of linebacker. That's all he can do. He can't cover. Yeah, just give him a space. You know, you can cook him on there in space. He can cover. He can cover as well. And I think he showed that at the senior bowl. I think this is is a kid who uh, has got a bright bright NFL future. And, And it's one of those things where it's time to stop getting caught up in the, oh, well, this kid's 5'10", he can't play linebacker in the NFL. Because... You know, you can't. This is the, the game's changing. You don't necessarily need a guy who is 6'3, 250 pounds to play middle linebacker in the NFL anymore. So, with, with, yeah, with pace. I think, I, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think he, he's a guy who maybe not being slept on as much now since the senior ball, and rightly or wrongly, but he's definitely a kid who is not getting the respect that he deserves in this. It's just class, and, and an NFL team is going to pick up an absolute steal with him, I think. Yeah, with, with Pace, I feel like he's got a quick trigger. That's why you see him in the backfield. But we also saw at the senior bowl, he was able to transition that quick trigger into coverage. I think he had one or two interceptions out there when we were watching the practices. So all that that's another thing with coaching, man. Like he has the ability, he can get downhill quickly, but he can also get lateral quickly. And I think that has a lot to do with film. I think once you see Ivan Pace enhance his film study, and learn that you know his role is going to increase when he gets to the next level, especially if he's playing in the middle. 
a lot more is going to be asked of him. And you're going to see, I think he's capable of making that tr transition. In college, he was allowed to just be that dude, that run stuffer. That doesn't mean that his body can't handle coverage. We were able to see that. The, the trigger that he has downhill was definitely able to transition to a lateral trigger. And we were seeing him have some sticky coverage, man. And Moon, what were your thoughts on pace at the senior bowl? <laughs> heat seeking missile that likes to get downhill that's my biggest thing like his playmaking ability on defense is was impressive and i think that even though he might lack the length that you like or the mass he makes up for it just because his active play style he's just all over the place um in coverage he's great he's, he's good he's a better athlete than i give him credit for he came in like chiseled man yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He looked and good, he lets you man. see it he wanted he you, lets to you see it. he wants to show it all off man the fact that i like i like the fact that he stays knows how to stay connected in man coverage but he also has the instincts to know where to get to in my depths when i'm when i'm dropping off in zones so your point is true about when he does get into the playbook more and whatever system he goes to and watching the film like it'll only help him not have to rely on instincts alone. And you saw that over the course of the week. Um, if I'm buying in on him, I'm going off his blitzing, his toughness, his short area quickness, his burst. Um, I think he's the greatest at blitzing. Um, that's where I would, you know, want to use him more. But I think that he made the jump from Miami of Ohio to Cincinnati look seamless. You see what he's doing from Cincinnati. And what was left after, you know, they lost so much talent to where he is now. I think it's been perfect timing for Ivan Pace. And yeah. I'm interested to see what he does at the combine, too. Oliver, Nino had a question. He wanted to know, who do you prefer, Dayon Henley or, or Pace? So it's, I saw the question and I was like, man, that is a tough question because I, I'm a big fan of, uh, of Henley. And I think from how he's how he is adapted to playing linebacker in such a relatively short space of time with playing um, receiver and going from yeah from from having been a receiver to playing linebacker from going from a group of five to the power five level from from Nevada to Washington State like you can see the trajectory is is there for him and I think again another guy who showed out on the all-star game cycle proved a lot of people Prove to a lot of people that he can do a lot of things on the football field as well. Um, I, I'm an Ivan Pace guy, I must admit, but I, I, I can see the argue. I could see the argument. I can see the argument for either or. Like we could, you could talk about it for hours. Like they, they, they've both got pluses and negatives. I think Day and Henley potentially is a, a better overall athlete than Ivan Pace. And, I've, and that's not to discredit Ivan Pace as, a, as an athlete. I think Diane Henley yeah, is a, that's, that's right. special. He's a special guy as an athlete. I think mm -hmm. in a lot of respects. Um, but give me, just give me that energy and that crazy, like you say about Ivan Pace, <laughs> just that crazy, the trigger, the the crazy, just desire to just go downhill and, and hurt a man. Um, yeah. Is, is, so that's that's becoming a trend. That's a trend on your list. You go from Forbes, <laughs> you know, then, Crazy. then we got Pace. Yeah, you, Henley, you like Henley was actually on my list as far as players to that. That was uh, sleepers. Yeah. All right. Well, who's who's next? I see you got a cat from Appalachian State. So why don't we talk about him? Yeah, let's talk about Nick Hampton because I absolutely love Nick Hampton, a, a guy who um, who I think a lot of people consider undersized as an edge rusher. I think he's a little bit. I think he weighed in at, at, on the all-star cycle a little bit heavier than that he, he'd been listed at App State as well. But he's got the length 
and that with from that length, just under 34 inch arms, incredible power generation for a kid who's only 236 pounds and just over six foot two. Um, you can see. You can see the, the the power generation at at work with that length. You can see him fight off blockers with that length. He's an explosive first step, speed, flexibility, kind of triple threat off the edge, and um, converts you know speed to power very well. He's already as uh, as a young edge rusher, he's already got a plethora of tools in his pass rush toolbox. What I like a lot about Nick Hampton is. He's already kind of impressively developed in how he uses that toolbox. He knows how to be disruptive. He knows how to un, you know, to 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 deconstruct blocks. He knows which tools to use to defeat which blocks. And importantly, as it pertains to transition to the NFL, he knows how to combine them to maximum devastation. And and this is a kid who's been impressively and um, productive at the group of five level for Appalachian State, but he's been impressively productive against power five opposition as well. You watched some of the games App State played this year, um, games like North Carolina, Texas A&M. Nick Hampton was was a force against the, those, those teams. And I think for me, he isn't being talked about enough in the range that, that I feel he should be in. He's been comfortably a where, top where would you 100. say Where would you say he should go? Well, for me, I think he's comfortably a top 100 player. He's, he's comfortably yeah. a top a top three-round dude. I don't feel like you see a lot of that sort of buzz for Nick Hampton right now. Um, but I, I think that's where he belongs. I, I really do. And, you know, you look at the edge class as a whole, there's a lot of really talented edge. It comes back to what we are talking about with the cornerbacks. A lot of really talented cornerbacks. <laughs> yes, really, like it's a lot of A lot of really... Miles Murphy, Wilson, Smith, Keon White, Lucas Van Ness, Felix, uh, Tuli Tup. I can't even say his name, BJ Ojolari, Isaiah Foskey. Like, it's a lot. Well, this is it, right? This is it. They can't all go in the top, you know, first round, second round, but but Nick Hampton, I think he belongs certainly in that top 100 range. I think an NFL team is going to get a steal. Uh, and a kid who can contribute early because of not just the physical tools, I think the advanced technical nature of his game, I think, lends itself to being an early contributor in the NFL. All right, I love it. All right, let's go back to the offensive side of the ball. So who's your next man up? So the next man up is Eric Gray running back out of Oklahoma. Um, I, I love Eric Gray. I loved him at Tennessee. I was kind of disappointed for him last year because last year there was this expectation that he would come into Oklahoma and he would blow the doors off and he'd enter the 2022 NFL draft as like, this maybe second-round guy. And then last year was difficult. I think a lot of people kind of dropped off Eric Gray um, after last year. But then this 2022 season, 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns, 6.4 yards per carry. And he showcased all the stuff that made me so excited about him when he was at Tennessee and when he was coming to Oklahoma, short area quickness, the ability to be explosive, his quick, light feet, um, change of direction ability is incredible. His, his cut ability, his ability to duke. And then for a kid who is just over five, nine, I think, just over 5'9", mm-hmm. 210. Contact balance is great. You rarely see him taken down on first contact. Um, some of the things that he does, the little technical things, 
use of like the non non ball carrying hand to to steady the ship and on contact. Like he's he's very clever. He's very crafty. Um, and I think he, he makes for a great receiving back as well. He's got right running capabilities, reliable pass catcher. The only knock on Eric Gray, I think, is um, for a kid who's 210 pounds, he isn't always um, physical as a, as a blocker. I think there was a couple of examples of senior ball where he got he got ran over and like, almost embarrassingly got ran I think over. All, I think all the running backs did, to be fair. Yeah, everybody had their days. Everybody had their This is a kid, I think, um, whether whether his stock climbs back up again, because uh, he was good at the senior bowl, and this this year has been just incredible compared to 2021. So whether his stock starts climbing back up again, I, I hope it does. Again, we talked about deep classes. There's hell of a lot of R- good running, running back backs huge. again. Yeah, yeah, lots of good running backs. I just I think an NFL team is going to get a steal with him wherever he goes. Um, he's he's I, an every down back. You know, and that and that's I, I think, think what's so. gonna, you know, th- there's a lot of guys in this draft who I don't think are every down backs, but are still gonna go high because they're very good at what they do. Eric Ray is the type of player where you could you could bring him and he could take over an offense. Do you think that his I mean, you just say he's an every down back, so that includes third down, right? I mean yeah. I yeah. mean his biggest thing that we lacked in desirement is the pass protection. But do you think that with the proper coaching in the right situation that he can become an anchor um, as a pass protector. Yeah. I, I, think to, so. uh, um, I know he has a bigger frame than like a Jerick McKinnon does. Um, yeah. He's 210 pounds. Like yeah, he's yeah. another guy who looks the part. Yeah. That's what um, Oliver was saying about like, you're 210. Like we expect you to be able to, you know, hold your own and not get swim moved over. And like, yeah. you know, sometimes the, the, I wish he had more <laughs> creativity when it comes to his blocking. That's what I would say. You know, because I know his creativity in space. I think there's enough upside that if I'm a coach, especially where I'm going to be able to get him, we're thinking what, like fourth round? You know, I think with Eric Ray, I I think that's probably where he'll land. Maybe late third if you're higher on him, but I think probably in the fourth round. There's enough upside there. Also knowing that he can be playing every down. He can catch the ball. He can run. He he did it at Tennessee. He did it at Oklahoma. He transitioned Mm -hmm. to both offenses. He picked them up. He succeeded in both offenses. There's enough positives there that I think I'm going to bring him in and I'm going to refine him again. Like like we said, you know, with, with these other players, like we can we can work on that. There, and that, that's why there's steals because when you're when you're taking a first round pick, you can't miss. You can't. If you miss, you set your franchise back five years. If you miss in the first <laughs> round, it, it screws you up. Unless you're the Rams and you're just, I see Shay in here and you're just trading away your first round picks. So you don't have to worry about it. You're going to get a guy like Jalen Ramsey or whoever you want. You're not missing. But if you're, if you're sitting there and you're picking, but when you pick in the later rounds, you can, you can afford to take gambles, but it's not what, what's the gamble here. We know what he can do. And we, we know what we don't, we haven't seen him do yet. And I think the pros much, much more outweigh the cons with a player like Eric Ray. Uh, you got another corner. You got you got a few more players, and I know we got a few names. I don't want to keep you here too long, but I know you got a few more players. Let's get through these guys, and uh, you because I know you got to get to bed. It's pretty late out there, so <laughs> I don't I don't I don't want to keep you up. All right, and then we'll go through our guys quickly. Uh, so first up, Kytrell Clark, cornerback out of Louisville, um, and another small, um, undersized, underrated 
um, cornerback for me. Um, we we have the opportunity to speak a lot with Eric Galco of the Shrine Bowl this year, and he repeatedly from from the the get-go of, of talking to him, he was like, Kytrell Cock might be the best nickel cornerback in the entire country. And when you turn on the tape, it's easy to see how you can become so infatuated with Kytrell Clark because he's a high-level athlete, explosive, the short area quickness is there, the long speed's there. He's extremely fluid. When you talk about cornerbacks, it's not just up and down. It's he's, He transitions so well fluidly. He's... Um, he weaponizes. I, I I like to use the word weaponizes a lot. He weaponizes his athletic tools <laughs> with high level, like game. His ability to read the game, his anticipation and ball skills are excellent. We talked about you know going back to Forbes and Pace and Hampton, physical guys. Um, and an underrated for me, an underrated element of cornerback evaluation is their ability to play and run support. And, uh, and Kytrell Clark brings everything for you in in all phases. Um, 167 career tackles. He's had an interception every season that he's been with Louisville. Kid with 13 and a half tackles from loss, uh, 13 and a half tackles for loss from a cornerback position. Like he's a he's a disruptive, dominant force in all phases of the game from from the, the nickelback position. I think this is a kid who, again, top 100 kind of guy who who, who isn't getting that level of love right now. Absolutely, I agree 100, percent man. I, I sing it. his praises. I sing his praises. Ball production, instincts, positional versatility. That sounds like a guy we was just talking about earlier. Mr. <laughs> Forbes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love, a, it. I love and it. I love it. To be able to play the run, that's huge. You know, because you see, like, I'm a Cowboys fan. And Trayvon Diggs, my my opinion, he's a two. I think he's a, he's a number two corner. I love what he can do, but he's not a number one corner because he doesn't bring, you know, he, he doesn't have mistake-free football. And he's not playing again. He's not playing the run. You know, he's he's not sticky enough on the outside to be able to not play the run. You know, if he if he was like shutting guys down, one reception, two reception, twenty yards, you know, whatever, then then you could. But he he's not sticky enough to not play. I, the run. I'll tell him. I'll tell him. I'll tell you like this though. To his defense, he does play off a lot. Right. Where it's almost like he's trying. He's a risk taker. Yeah. Like well, I like him. He's a risk taker. A two doesn't is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I, I just I think he'd be even better if we had a one on the other side and the quarterbacks had to look away and then they were throwing. I think we'd see some more interceptions again. I just I think there's more I'd like to see him do. He does play off, but he he isn't aggressive in the run game. And Oliver, Oliver, what's your NFL team? I'm guessing by the way you're you're picking these players, you're either a Seahawks fan or you're a Ravens fan. That those are my two <laughs> guesses. I might be way off, but that that's what I'd guess. I'm a I'm a Patriots man. I okay. uh, my my oh, so do my your allegiance job. my exactly my allegiances are all in the Boston area from Boston College through to the Patriots. That's where we're Fair. that's where we're this at. is this is Northeast <laughs> playoff football. We're playing physical. We're stopping the run. Yeah, we're limited. I, I I like it. I could tell. Right, who's your next player? We got here. We're getting after the quarterback with this next play. So Isaiah Land, the edge rusher out of Florida A and M. I've I've been lucky enough to work with the guys that draft HBCU this year, so I had to bring in one of these guys. Um, Isaiah Land is, I think, probably from an NFL perspective, they look at a guy that's two hundred and twenty six pounds in a six foot three, just over six foot three frame, and like, oh, this kid's a little on the lightweight side, but. You watch Isaiah Lamb play football. He's got all the physical tools, speed, the explosion, the burst. He changes direction beautifully, sharp, changes direction. He's flexible. He comes with violent hands. 
And then he's got the technical element as well. You watch how he understands angles to the to the quarterback. You watch how he uses his hands. You watch his arsenal of weapons. You look at how he understands to deconstruct blocks in the run game. He's a kid who's 226 pound playing off the edge. Everyone thinks situational pass, pass rusher, but he's he doesn't mind getting down and dirty in the running game as well. And I think that's what you want to see from. Um, from a, a, sc- a smaller school prospect is, yes, he can be a situational pass rusher in the NFL, but he can be so much more than that as well because he's happy to get down and dirty in the run game. Um, I think, you know, this is a kid who showed um, whilst he was at the senior bowl that the level of competition isn't too big for him. Um, I'm looking for looking forward to seeing where Isaiah land, lands uh, in a couple of months' time. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned you mentioned the run game quite a few times. So your last pl- your last player is an offensive lineman from Wisconsin. So if we're going to speak yes, about uh, run game, they know a little bit of something about the run game. And this is a player who's got some position flex. So I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Moon. Before you go, um, to go into what Oliver said about Isaiah Land, he did have the most impressive sack in the Senior Bowl game. And speaking of offensive tackles, he had the most impressive sack. I know it wasn't a lot of action, but he did. That's an HBCU guy. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he's a, he's a different he's a different different kind of guy. Isaiah, it was, it was the bend. It was the bend for me, like yeah. that NFL bend where I can go up underneath. That's what I saw that popped up. He's very flex. The ankle flexion, his, his flexibility off the edges is, is so impressive. And um, we could talk we could talk about that all day long. It's the the run game stuff is just something that people don't talk about with him. Let's talk about Joe Tipman. Um, because this is an unusual guy for center build, like six foot six, three hundred and seventeen pounds. Um, I think we, we talked about the combine. We talked about guys who are going to knock your socks off at the combine. Joe Tipman is a guy who you you look back to guys like Garrett Bradbury when he came out of NC State, who just absolutely stole the show at the center position at the combine. I think Joe Tipman is going to be that guy. Um, one point six five forty yard, ten yard split. A guy who can squat six thirty five pounds, can bench four fifty five pounds. He's an absolute athletic freak. Um, incredible, like we said, incredible size for a center. Um, and often you find with a, a guy that's six foot six playing at the pivot is that they struggle with leverage and struggle to play with low pad level. Joe Tipman doesn't. Um, he's got a lot of the physical tools. The length is there. He's explosive as an athlete. He can get out to the second level in the run game and just bowl a man over as he's on his way out there. For me, Joe Tipman is the combination, the that, the perfect storm of, of physicality, athleticism, technical ability, and football IQ. And I think this is... I look at Joe Tipman, and I think you can't miss um, as a centre prospect. And we know... Like the NFL and the NFL draft, you, you kind of find that centers end up getting undervalued or overlooked. They don't go where they, they should do. Um, Tyler Linderbaum obviously was a little of yeah. an exception to the rule last Man. year, but you look you look at Creed Humphrey. Look like Creed Humphrey. They, had no even though he's an exception absolute... to the rule, he was still he was still like I feel like he still went higher than he went. Like he was he's yeah. a can't. We, we talk about the first round. You can't miss in the first round. You pick Tyler Linderbaum was about as safe as as you can get. Yeah, and there was all this coming like like from the he didn't bench at the combine and people worried about his size and people worried about him being it's all nonsense. Like you turn the tape on and a kid could do the business, but <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and 
you know, like Creed Humphrey, like he had no business getting out of the first round the year before. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying Joe Tipman should be a first round center, uh, but I think he's certainly a guy who is going to come in. He's going to be able to play center in the NFL very early on in his career and for a very, very long time. Did you scout Tyler Biotish coming out of Wisconsin? Uh, a, li- a little bit, yeah, a little bit. Um, I was kind of in the last two years is really where I've been in the nitty gritty of. Uh, Tipman's a better prospect. Scouting. I think so. Yeah, I think cool. so. I like it. All right, let's. We're gonna we're gonna read off a few of ours real quick. Um, again, I don't want to keep you too long. I got I got three on here. My mid round steals. I like Cody Mock. You know, offensive lineman. He came into North Dakota State. He was a tight end, 220 pounds, gained about 40 pounds, and then his offensive line coach was like, hey, come with me. Then he got up to 280. I love his position flex. I like a guy who can play guard, who can play tackle, he can play center. He's gritty. Coming from North Dakota State and then be able to come into the senior bowl and look like you belong, that says enough right there. Clark Phillips III out of Utah, six interceptions. So it's not as many as Forbes, but he's another player. I, I love how scrappy, you know, so we're, I think we have similar taste in our, in our defensive backs. When I watched, when, when Utah played USC, probably like, so when I'm watching film of players, some of the matchups really stick out to me. And one of the matchups of all the players I watched was between Clark Phillips and Jordan Addison. He gave Jordan Addison problems. Jordan Addison did. I don't think he liked being covered by Clark Phillips because Clark Phillips was sticky. He was on him. You know, Addison wasn't able to separate as much as he did in the other games, man. So I got Clark Phillips and then I got Israel Abanaconda. Now another player, when I was watching Jordan Addison, when I was watching his Pittsburgh film, this cat stood out to me and then led me to his film, his start stop ability. And then you pair that with his vision and his anticipation of defenders overrunning the play. Like he's strong. He's quick. He's explosive. I think this guy is another guy. I think he can be a three down back in the NFL. I think someone's going to get him in like the fourth or fifth round. He's going to come in. He's going to steal an offense. He's going to come in every down player somewhere. So I love Israel Bonaconda. Uh, Nino's got Hendon Hooker, Cam Jones, and Charlie Jones. And then KT had A.T. Perry, Julius Brent, and Jake Hayner. So I listed a few players there. And before we wrap this up, so Moon, Oliver, if you have any thoughts on any of those players, feel free to drop them. Moon, I'll let you go first, my man. All right. Well, thoughts on Jake. Well, we'll talk about Jake Hainer in a second, Rich. First guy. Got a chance, started his career at Missouri and ended up playing with the Deion Sanders-led Tigers for Jackson State. Aubrey Miller, he really, really impressed me because he brings a lot to the table as a prospect that you would want for an NFL franchise. You're you're smooth. You're fluid as an athlete. You know how to play behind your pads. You know how to punish opposing ball carriers and receivers and def- whoever's on the offensive side of the ball. He gets a lot of pressures, and he also improved his coverage uh, stock in my eyes when he went to the senior bowl. I know that he does have to work on sometimes, you know, being a better tackler in space. But again, at the senior bowl, he did a great job, especially in the game. I love him as far as his athleticism, his leadership and his special teams ability. Because of those three, he can be on the field. And that's who I'm going to start that started off with. The next guy. I've been singing his praises ever since I met him and fell in love with him at the Senior Bowl. Mr. Nathaniel Tankdale, wide receiver from the Houston Cougars. 
He had 100 receptions, over 100 receptions, 1,300 yards, 15 touchdowns, 22 seasons. He's a vertical big play receiver, offensive weapon that is his moves off the line of scrimmage are absolutely ridiculous, Mr. Oliver. <laughs> like He can make a grown man cry with his releases. And he's a receiver prospect that has grown on me because he has acceleration that I haven't seen in a minute. And his playmaking ability, big playability, the ability to be a special teams punt return guy, when he, he's just like a Swiss Army knife, in my opinion. And I do think that because he has like a smaller frame that, you know, teams might try to hold that against him. But he plays fast, like on film. He plays fast. The last one, I don't really have to go into too much detail with. Tajay Spears, man. <laughs> Sajay <laughs> Spears, we, we we have to bring him in. Speed, quickness, agility, lateral quickness, stop and start, everything you would want. Vision, ball security. You have the balance too. You, I know he's technically lean and narrow, like people would say, but he came in at the perfect size, bigger than what we thought he was going to be at the Senior Bowl. And he I'm still plays fast. And he still plays fast. He still plays with the heavy acceleration. He has like an exciting, quick twitch, flexibility about him that, you know. He doesn't waste movements either, though. Like at, he, doesn't, he doesn't have to dance. All. Like if he finds a crease, he's going to take it. And that's what stood out for me. He's, like big chunk plays. You know, he doesn't have to make it like a big to-do. Find the hole, find the crease, get through he's, it. He's gone. He had the entire uh, he had the entire coaching staff and the players doing push-ups because they chose not to touch him at practice. Like this is crazy. Those are my top three. The yeah. KT's guy was uh, Jay Kaner. Jay Kaner was, I mean, the best quarterback in Mobile, not named Hendon Hooker because he can't play. He, he didn't play. Um, but I, Jay Kaner, I think he improved his draft stock from this from the fact that out of all the nothingness that was the quarterback situation at the senior bowl, like for him, for him to still like stay above float and keep yeah. the ship, you know, going right. Even in times like that, playing tough situations, like I, the model and the mode that I thought about, not just by Jersey number comparisons was Drew Brees, but I think he has, I think he has more pop to his arm than Drew Brees. And I think, his, I want to see him get better with his pocket mobility, but from from what I saw at the Senior Bowl, he, he would be the. I mean, y'all will all be in agreement, right? That Jake would be the guy that, that it's the number one coming out of the Senior Bowl. I like Tune too, but that's because Clayton, he was, Clayton. yeah, I liked him. We we interviewed him, and I think that's I might be I might be looking at him with rose colored glasses because of that interview. He was a great dude. And then we also we we were leaving the um we were leaving the event center one morning. And he walked down the bridge, and you remember that we interviewed him the day prior. We all dapped him up. <laughs> we, you know, it was a very like it was a cool experience. So, so I, I he's my guy out of Houston. But all right, so before we wrap this up, Oliver, we, we dropped a few names on you there. You don't have to mention them all, but if there are any players that stood out to you, go ahead and discuss them. And so I'm gonna start with Clark Phillips. I think Clark Phillips is a first round cornerback. And again, I, I know we talked about there being a lot of cornerbacks. What, what are you knocking on Clark Phillips? Like, other than the fact that he's five foot three or whatever he is, just yeah, I'm he's not <laughs> that small. But like, but what, what, where else is the knock on his game? Because he's like you, you mentioned, then he's, you know, he's sticking coverage. He's clever. He's athletic. He's physical for his size. Like, you know, he's the epitome to me of his. It's not the the size of a dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight of a dog. And that's that's Clark Phillips. Like that, that's him to a T. I, I absolutely love him. I think he's a first round guy. We saw it happen with McDuffie last year. 
I think teams got yeah. cute with him. Like he, you know, very similar. There was no reason he should have lasted as long as he did. But sorry for interrupting. Keep going. No, 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 not at all. Um, so yeah, I think you know with Phillips that you know that that's what he is. Co- Cody, um, like that kid is Ma, the yeah. Ast- yeah, yeah. He's he's the ast- he's the aesthetic of the corner of uh, an offensive lineman, right? You look at this kid. <laughs> yes. he's like, he is the he's the he's the poster boy. He's like a pinup boy for our offensive line play. He has missing uh, teeth I, and like and yeah, a huge. He had a missing teeth on his face and a huge scar across and his just forehead. a huge yeah. smile too. Like yeah. he has so the, much the joy. Flowing, in flowing ginger locks as well. I, I think if he can clean up his pass protection. He's possibly the best run blocking offensive lineman in this entire class. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see him go as early as early on day two in round two. Um, I, I think that highly of him. Um, Jake Hayner, I, I was lucky enough to sit down with uh, Jake Hayner's teammate, Jalen Cropper, um, just before the All Star game cycle. I spent a bit of time with Jalen Cropper and, and to talk to him about. Jake Hayner, talk to him about what Jake Hayner brought to that Fresno State team, not just in terms of his quarterback ability, but as a leader of men, as a as a, a, a man, not a football player, as a as a leader, as his off-field stuff, like his dedication also to the off-field craft of football, to the film study. Like that spoke more to me than watching any Jake Hayner tape. Um, really through through this cycle. Um, I think it's particularly at the quarterback position. When you hear your teammates talk about you like that, that speaks volumes about who you are as a as a quarterback, as a football player, and as a man as well. And 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 you know, I don't think you can say anything more about like Jake Hayner than than that. You know, and, and like you guys said, he's a pro's pro the, already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and he was. I think you know, undeniably, he was the. The guy that came out of the senior bowl, yeah, like mm-hmm. head held high. Like, I, I'm big, for, he won, I, he won I'm the only, MVP of the game, man. He got he, all he the, races. Uh, yeah, yeah. And this, and this is the thing with the senior bowl, right? The the, the game itself isn't isn't really it, but that's Practices. you know, it's still something yeah. for Jake Hayner to take away from, from that. He event. still got um, the photo with Jim Nagy and a big bowl full of Reese's peanut butter cups, so. What, what I will, what I will say from the quarterback situation at the senior bowl was, I, I was. Again, I was lucky enough to spend some time with Tyson Bajan before um, the Senior mm. Bowl and to talk about his journey from um, Martinsburg High School to, to Shepherd and then to, to what he was hoping to achieve and, and what he expected to achieve at the Senior Bowl. And his big thing was like, I don't want to mess up. He's like, I know I've got the physical tools. I can go out and I can show I've got the physical tools. I don't want to. I don't want to mess up. And I think through that interception in the game. But I think the drive that he put together in that that he was putting together in that game was 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 very impressive, and I think he put a lot of impressive work during the the week of practice out there as well. Um, so I, I was just say it seemed like a lot of quarterbacks went in there not wanting to make a mistake. It looked like that was on a lot of guys' minds well, because you didn't see a lot of guys airing it out. Cunningham. Everybody besides Malik Cunningham. Malik Cunningham just didn't care. <laughs> well, he came, I, I yeah, because he, he had the first day Malik off. Yeah. So he, he had a little catching up to do, so he, he was winging it. Well, I, I feel like we could be going for two hours, Oliver, so we're going to have to get you on again. 
after the combine. Hopefully, if you're if you like, man, we're going to be doing a few mock drafts. We'd love to get you on for a mock draft. We can let yeah, you. I know Nino's a Patriots fan. But we can let you pick for the Patriots. I know. I know he he'd push that to the side. So you can follow Oliver on the Twitter at OJ Hodgkinson. We'll put it in the show notes again. He's with the College Football Network, the Pro Football Network. He's with the col- the uh, the College Chaps the touchdown NFL. And again, why don't you let everybody know if there is anything in particular working on that they can find it and how they can find it. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, all the content um, that I'll be doing for the NFL draft cycle goes through pro football network. So that's www.profootballnetwork.com and at PFM three, six, five on Twitter, uh, all the college football network. And um, so, so we're going to be concentrating on spring practice and we have a ranking of all 133 college football head coaches which is going to be coming out sometime in the next couple of months that'll be on collegefootballnetwork.com and you can find that at cfn365 on twitter um and yeah that, that's pretty much it college football nfl draft all year round excellent excellent hey moon I appreciate you sitting in and being my co-pilot this evening, man. No, I got you, beautiful face coach. Yeah, man. This is we're you, we're man. like we're like Goose and Maverick over here. We're we're <laughs> like we're we're growing. This this team is growing, man. So it's, it's great to have you. You can follow us on the Twitter. I'm at Coach Sheps. The show's at Toilets Titles. We got at the CFB Nation. We got at FF underscore Moon Vibes. Go follow the CFB Nation on YouTube. Follow Toilets Titles on YouTube. We have tons of content coming out. We just dropped the Cody Mock interview. We got. You know, college shows. Boomer's got his new Oklahoma show that's on the CFB Nation. We got an Iowa show coming on, man. We got tons of content. You don't want to miss it. So so stay tuned. Lock in. Enjoy the offseason. But right now, just because it's over, the NFL's over, we're just getting started. Go ahead, Moon. To your last point, because I want to leave Mr. Oliver thinking. All right. You know, he's talked about Tyson, right, before we before we start. But I think that he's be- he's better when he gets into a rhythm. And in that drive that he showed in the Senior Bowl, he's not a drop-back and screen-pass quarterback. <laughs> like, he's a get-the-ball-out-to-my-tight-end, to my Will Mallory, and let me get some rhythm going on. That's something that I, th- I wanted to say about Tyson. No, I like it. I like, like I said, I feel like they're, with these players, there's like it's so hard to – with what we're discussing this evening, we're discussing mid-round steals. There's so many guys, and when you're investing as much time as we all are into these prospects, you definitely you want to go to bat for a lot of these players. And we could be doing this like I could be. We haven't even really gotten into the running backs. We haven't really even gotten into the wide receivers. We haven't gotten into the safeties like JL Skinner. I'm thinking he might go in the first, but the way the NFL values safeties, I think Brian Branch will likely be the only safety that goes in the first, and he he deserves it. But I, I think Skinner, man. Dude, you're talking about Forbes, long lean thumper. Now, now, I'm sorry. I'm getting started again. I don't want to get started. <laughs> we got to wrap this thing up. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll do this again sometimes. You'll stay with us. I, I won't be here next Thursday. It'll be KT. It'll be Nino. And we also got Kyle Bellafield, I believe, coming on. They're talking some defensive guys on the football side. So maybe some of the names you brought up, but I believe we're going to be talking about some linebackers as well. I'll be down in Orlando with Mickey Mouse, with ET, uh, Universal, and Disney World. So I'll be enjoying myself. I'll be seeing you all in two weeks. Well, Moon, I'll be seeing you on Tuesday because we got a rookie oh, mock, yeah, and that's the night before I get away. So you don't want to miss it. Don't man. miss it. Be there. Be, be there. there. Be square. That's it. All right. We will catch you all later on. Take care.